Welcome to The Pink Mug. We are so excited to share this episode with you today, recorded during our annual Design for Life Women's Conference. Our special guest and friend, Dontree Wilkerson, joins Pastor Debbie Lindell in a powerful and practical conversation about building a home that is full of life, peace, and most importantly, God's presence. Girls of every age and every stage of life will gain a greater understanding of what it really means to create an atmosphere of peace in your home. Hello, girls. I'm so excited that you're joining me and Dawn Cherie for this breakout session, Heaven in Your Home. I love the title of this session. Me too. And I know for those that are joining us, it's your desire to see God infiltrate every part of your home with his presence. And that's why you want to hear what we've got to say today. And we don't have all the answers, but we do have a desire for the Lord's presence to be in our home. And for when when people come into yes. our homes, for them to sense and experience the grace of the Lord when they're there. And so um, thank you for joining us. I would say if you don't have a notebook near, you need to go grab one. Maybe grab your journal that you got in your box and a pen. I actually have mine because I know Don Cherie is going to say things that I want to remember. <laughs> so I might even be taking notes. I'm taking notes. <laughs> But before we go into all that we want to share today, I wanted you to see the full screen behind us because it's just so beautiful. The team took some photos a couple weeks ago, um, and this was one of them. Isn't that just a stunning photo? Stunning. And I especially love our sweet sister Cheryl. She's kind of hiding um, over there on the right side. and. She, she's just so beautiful, yes. and she was so excited to be at the table. But don't you love the diversity and all the different smiles? And it feels kind of like we're at the table. Yeah, it, it put me at home the minute I saw it, and it's beautiful to see, like, you know, sisterhood is for every season. That's right. And that's what's represented at James yeah. River. That's what's always represented at DFL. It's like yes. every season of your life, you can be a part of sisterhood. And this picture kind of sums it up. So many different seasons all at the same table. So kind of just think about that you're just sitting at the table with us right yeah. now. We're just, we're just chatting. We're chatting about life and home and in and, and the Lord, you know. Yes. And they all should be intertwined. And... You know, I was thinking about, um, as I was preparing just my thoughts for this session, I was thinking about being in your home, Don Cherie. And actually, I was sharing that before we, we sat down for, the, for this conversation. I was sharing that with you and got emotional when I did. I was in Don Cherie's home about a year and a half ago. Um, Savannah, our daughter, and I were able to be there for an event that you were holding for leaders. Thank it was you for so, coming. It was so wonderful and life-giving. But I remember you invited all, all of us to your home. And I remember walking in for the first time. I'd never been there. And just the moment I walked in, just feeling this, this presence, this, this grace, this, um, this overwhelming sense of welcome and an invite and just, just feeling from the moment I walked into the door, just feeling um, loved. So and cared for. And you, I, I don't even think you were at the door because you had many guests. So it wasn't like you were saying anything to me. But it was obvious you had prayed over your home. Yeah. 
and that you had specifically prayed, God, when people enter this place, I want them to feel you. I want them to feel loved. I want them to feel invited and, and to be blessed and refreshed by their time in our home. And that was <laughs> definitely felt by me. And I'm just so grateful for that. But um, that is something John and I have prayed for. Why are we crying? <laughs> we've prayed for over every single home we've ever lived in. And we're intentional about that. Lord, grace us. Grace, set, this is your home. First of all, we yes. feel like it's not our home. It's the Lord's home. And he's letting us borrow it. Yes. <laughs> it's his gift. And we want his presence there. And we are intentional about what, whatever we need to do to protect that um, and cultivate that. Yes. But it takes, it takes intention. It does. You know, and um, I, I'm guessing if you're watching right now, and you are, <laughs> that you're like, that's something I crave. And you know, I, I was thinking about too, you know, the opposite has been true of where I, I've walked into a home or setting and, not even had a conversation with anyone, and you feel tension, yeah. you feel discord, um, even sometimes darkness. Even in beautiful homes. Yeah, even in beautiful homes. I, John and I, for years, we would, we would um, visit all the people that would come to James River Church for the first time. We would go visiting them and bring them cookies. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of homes. And I remember walking into a home once and they had plastered their walls with pages of the Bible and verses and quotes of scripture and but there was no presence of grace or peace so it doesn't have to do which yes. I find that interesting yeah it is it doesn't have to do with what you have on the wall necessarily you know that's it's true so so um, the reason I asked Don Cherie to be a part of this breakout session is because I just know it is her desire, very, not just from being in her home, but from hearing her talk and from hearing her share about just her personal lifestyle and her personal longings for her family and for her home and for ministry that she has something to say to us about this topic. So I guess what I first say is, does, do you think that's just an accident? How does that happen? Because I'm, I'm guessing that's not, the, me telling you that I sense that when I walked into your room, that that's not the first time you've heard somebody say that. Well, I think that even just here at DFL, like conference, you walk in and you sense the presence of God. And so right in your living room, as you're participating and as you're worshiping, it's like you sense the presence of God where you are, right? That's the gift of the Holy Spirit is that when Jesus was on earth, he was in a physical body. He was in one place at one time, but he promised before he left, he'd send the comforter. And the Holy Spirit would reside inside of all believers in every nation, on every continent, at the same time around the world. And so that's the power of the Spirit of God at work in us. I think that there's this beautiful parallel between the house of God and our homes and then our own bodies that God's given us because we know that our, our bodies are the temple of God. 
And so wherever you go, you carry that presence, right? Because we've been in cold homes and then that person has walked through the door, right? And immediately the atmosphere changes because they're bringing the love of Jesus in. And so even as I came into conference today and as you, you know, turned on your TV or your computer and as you're engaging, it's like the presence of God can just fill you right where you are. having a home that that has peace and has the sense of heaven in it 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 doesn't have to do with how expensive your furniture is doesn't have to do with how organized it is doesn't have to do with how many square feet it holds i think it really has to do with the state of your heart you know we look to the scriptures and it says as a woman thinks in her heart so is she that out of the abundance of my heart i speak and then we also know that like to create unity to put on the perfect bond of unity, we're to put on love, yeah. right? So I think like if we, want our, if we want our home to be full of love, and believe me, I've been married for 14 years, there've been plenty of arguments in my home, there've been plenty of disagreements in my home, there's been plenty of nights that I haven't gotten sleep because of what we are facing as a family or as a church, but it's that trust in Jesus that continues to anchor us. Yeah. I love, you know, what Joshua says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I think that, that belief like that, not your perfection, but just belief and trust in God is what places your home on a foundation. But I really believe in the power of our words creating an atmosphere. I really do. Like when we read the scriptures and it says put on love because it's the perfect bond of unity. I look at it as just like I would pick up a coat or I would put on a pair of heels or cozy up with a sweater that through my thoughts of love, through my actions of serving my family, serving my husband, and through speaking love and honor that I'm creating, literally like building with my words and my actions, I'm building my home, right? And we know we can tear down our home real quick with the way that we speak, with the way we dishonor, but we always have the opportunity to come back to the table and to build. Yes, so good. That came home, that whole idea of our words was became really very real to us during COVID yeah. when it first started to shut down because I don't know, if you experienced what we experienced, but there was some tension. Major in our house. There was moments where we were just overwhelmed and we were on each, John and I, my husband and I were on each other in ways that we hadn't seen for years. And and so I actually made a poster, which I'm not super artistic, but I was like, I'm, I'm gonna, put some things up. I'm going to paste some scripture. And so I, I made a poster that said, speak life. And then I started putting scripture in spaces around the house. And um, just to remind us to, you know, speak the truth of God's word. You know, sometimes you can't in and of yourself yeah. find the, the faith words yes. to speak. You need the scripture to to rely on it in those moments. And so that's what I did. And John, John not that I want to blame him, but <laughs> um, I put a scripture in the bathroom on his side, on his mirror. And <laughs> that's a massive hint. Yeah, you know, and um, he walked in there. He came home from work one day and he walked in there and he goes, you put this in here for me, didn't you? And I'm like, well, the shoe fits where? No, just kidding. No, that is awesome.
No, it was just a time we needed the support of God's yeah. word at a greater level. And, but, you know, there's seasons where, I mean, we're human, you know, so there's seasons where there's tension. Yeah. It's there's, true. We had that. And you have to dig in deep, you, you know, to even write your thinking or your attitude. So are there practical, like, for the girl that's listening, yeah, I want that. Yeah. I want that, but where do I start? Well, I mean, just so we can all understand, we all have the same wars to wage. You know, we all deal with fear. We all deal with insecurity. We all deal with comparison. We all deal with past mistakes, you know? And so I think that as we walk on this path home, that our goal is not perfection, our goal is progress. It's day by day, trusting God, taking step by step. And, and that's been a big journey for me because so often I can focus on the perfection and when you focus on perfection, you're always gonna end up disappointed. There's always something to work on in your home, relationally, <laughs> decor, whatever it may be, there's always something, but I've gotta enjoy the process. And even for us in the beginning of quarantine, it was, we were going head to head. Rich and I were really- You too. Yes, absolutely. It was- Did you just, did you view it differently? We did, we were coping with the situation very differently. And I was wanting to process, Rich wasn't ready to process, you know, and um, I was resenting that he didn't want to process. He was resenting that I was trying to process. We were just both trying our best and we were, um, you know, we were having a lot of disagreements. And then I was dealing with a lot of fear because the news was just inundating me. And, you know, I had the masks and I was um, sanitizing my groceries out on my porch. I'll never it was forget overwhelming. Yeah, it was. I, I didn't know what to do. I'm outside in the sticky, humid Miami heat with a mask on and a Lysol spray spraying so down. So it did not feel like heaven groceries. was in your home. No, it didn't. And literally, I started to feel tenseness in my chest and a tightness. And I'm going, Do, am I sick? What's going on? I came inside. I said, Rich, feel my chest. Like I literally took his hand, put it over my heart. I said, I, I don't know what's going on with me. And he goes, Don Shree, you're not sick. Yeah. He said, you're fearful. Yeah. You're anxious. Yeah. You're allowing anxiety to take over you. He said, and he, I'll never forget, he looked in my eyes. He said, you are okay. And that's just what I needed. That's the power, I think, of community is sometimes we can start this downward spiral. And if you choose to isolate yourself, all you're gonna do is keep falling. It's a free fall into fear, unless you have somebody cut that and say, hey, you're okay. And this is community right now. Yeah, this is community. And so I, I love that because wherever you are right now, you may be all alone. You may have been by yourself for the last six months. Girlfriend, I wanna remind you, you are not alone. We're in this together. We're in this with you. And I wanna look into your eyes and say, you are okay. God's got a future in front of you and your home right there. It can be your haven. It can be filled with the presence of God. I think some practical ways, like you said, is I think um, remaining present. I think that it's easy in our home to get worried about what's coming up tomorrow. I think it can fill our home with anxiety or even just um, not being aware of the human beings that are right in front of you. Your kids, I have a two year old and I have a 10 month old. Like if I'm so focused on what I gotta do, I can miss out on who God's called me to be. Right. And I can miss out on creating an atmosphere of being present for my children. I think of the words of Jesus, like Jesus tells us, he cuts to it. He's like, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's gonna worry about itself. He says that. He says, what good is worrying gonna add? Is it gonna add one hour to your life? It doesn't add, it doesn't add. It does not build your house. 
Don't you think there's times where um, we have to evaluate what's causing the worry? Yes. What's causing that? Yes. Um, I found that I had to stop watching the news. Same. Because at the beginning of it, I was like obsessed with, okay, what are the numbers? What, what's happening? You know? Yeah. And what, what, there's always going to be some sort of maybe crisis that can draw us in, you know, where we're, we're wanting to know what's happening, what's going to happen. It's like, we want the information that we're seeking to settle us and it doesn't. It's true. The only thing that can settle us is the peace of Jesus and being in his presence. There was a couple that they're incredibly faith filled. They're in their eighties and they're a part of the church and they're so amazing and we're very close. And they, we noticed when we would talk to them that they were very stirred up and we'd never seen that before in them. And they were just so fearful. And so we started talking, John and I started talking with them and found that they, they were, the news was on like almost 24 seven in their home. They had never been, that was not them at all typically but we're like you need to shut yes you need to shut off the information you don't need that it was overwhelming them and and for you maybe that's where you've been over these last few months and you're like I don't know why I'm so anxious and so fearful and maybe you just need to change some habits that you've started. Yeah, it, it, all of us are in seasons where we don't know what to do. And in, in our house, we say, when you don't know what to do, do your habits. So that's, that's so good. That's why I like following Jesus and learning to live a disciplined life. It's like we all go through seasons where we don't know what to do. Well, don't quit doing your habits. You know, your habits are going to get you through. They're going to they're going to move you through this season with strength and with discipline. And I think for all of us, if we get so focused on like, well, I don't want to yell and I don't want to have the wrong arguments. I don't. Sometimes we can get so focused on what doesn't belong in our house that we don't focus on what actually does. And it's not just what you're not going to do. Far more important, I think, than that is like, what's the culture you're creating? And stick to it. Yeah. Like build. Don't just play defense. Like let's, let's run the ball. Let's, let's get some yardage even in the middle of 2020. So So let's dig in a little deeper. Are there, are weekly or daily habits that you have as a mom or a wife or just a follower of Jesus that you would say we all need to consider? Yeah. Well, I think first of all, so much of what you learn by serving in church impacts every other part of your life. And so I've seen business owners that have learned how to lead their organizations to success, to incredible gains because of the servant leadership mentality that they picked up by serving in the house. So when you're serving at James River, you're actually being equipped to lead your home and to lead your business. You're being equipped to have the spirit of excellence. And so just like we would worship in conference or on a Sunday, you should fill your home with worship. One of the quickest ways to get that fear out of your heart is to blast it. And we have, we have a speaker in the middle of our living room that we can just attach Bluetooth. And my husband loves to play worship and we love to play soothing worship. It doesn't have to be the blazing, you know, I, I don't have to even sing it, but it's, it's going into my heart. It, my kids are waking up to something peaceful and soothing that is reinforcing what I believe. One of my favorite songs I play in my house, it says over and over again, it says, um, no one has ever cared for me like Jesus. And it says, when, when my kids tell the story of what I lived for, may it not be for earthly treasures. May it be that all my treasures are laid up in heaven. 
And it's like, it's not just what, as I'm raising kids, I don't want it to be about like, don't do this, don't do that. In fact, you know, Colossians talks about it. I was reading it yesterday. Colossians talks about in chapter two, verse 20, it talks about like, since you died with Christ to the basic principles of this world, why as though you still belong to it? Do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These are all destined to perish with use because they are based on human commands and teachings. Such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. So it's saying that, just saying don't do that, just telling my kids, this is bad, this is bad, stay away from it. That's not enough to restrain their fleshly appetites. They need something bigger. And it goes on in chapter three and it says, since then you've been raised with Christ, Set your heart on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. And that so challenged me as a mom yesterday when I was reading it, because I thought, you know, my kids throw in temper tantrums and I can, I can get in a real quick cycle of just focusing on telling him no. I don't want to do that. I want to lift him above all of that. I want to be an example. I want to set his eyes on things above. I want to give him something bigger to live for. Yeah, what's your song? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. I I would sing it all. Turn, you know it. Some of you know. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim. In the light of His glory and grace. I love that song. Somebody's going to contact us. <laughs> we got something special going on here. But it's true. Like, it's not going to be enough to convince my kids to live for Jesus that, like, this is right, this is wrong. So true. They need to have an eternal perspective. And I hope that I'm not so focused on being a Pinterest mom or having the perfect birthday party or having everything perfectly organized that I miss out on giving my kids a bigger thing to live for. I I wanna lift their eyes to heaven. And, And if my kids come to church and think that it's restrictive, then they've missed the point. Because living for Jesus is boundless and expansive. And I think the way that we reveal that is not by just taking them to church, but bringing church home and speaking our faith. So good. Okay, so here's a practical question. Yeah. Do you have devotions every day with your family? I don't. Don't? No, I don't. I wish I did. That's I did. a, that's a goal. I didn't either. You didn't either. And you're in ministry? You. you make me feel so much better. I don't. I'm <laughs> loud and clear about it. A daughter and I were talking about that today. She said, Mom, I remember one devotional and you started it. And she said, I think we made it for a full week. <laughs> yeah. That sounds, but what, what do you do? You taught as you went. Yes, right? that's right. You live it. Shout out to all the moms. Live it, live it out. Talk about the things yes. of God. That's when, it. Yeah. When, I remember driving to, call, and driving to school and that would be our devotion. My mom would be like, somebody open up to Proverbs. I need some wisdom in so you today. Do not sit in the seat of the scoffer. You know, she'd go through it. What does it mean to be a scoffer? What does it mean to be a mocker, Don Cherie? You don't want to be that, you know? And it's like, you teach on the go yeah. and you use the you ordinary moment. You teach moments. as you walk down the path. You do. 
And, and sometimes that doesn't come naturally, though. I'm grateful because I have a mom that she spoke love and she was very, she lavishes. Love your mama. She, I love her too. Hi, Deonza. Hey, mom. I love you so much. She lavishes her love I on say us. I hi to my mama. Hi, yes. Bonnie. <laughs> Moms are the best. Don't we love moms? Yes. yes. But she was so outspoken daily. Like when you're saying, what are the habits? I, I think if you get anything, speak your love. Tell, tell your spouse every day that you're grateful for them. If it's you and your child in the house, tell your child every day that you love them. I have a friend, I have many friends who didn't grow up with families who uh, were comfortable putting on love with their words. And so even after they carried their child in their womb for nine months, looked into the eyes of their own child, it just felt so uncomfortable for them to speak love. It felt weird, it felt inauthentic. And I just wanna encourage you, if that's you, it's a learned habit. Just like you would go to the gym and you would stretch your muscles. Don't go, this isn't me, it is you. You're being formed in the image of God. You're growing every day. The more you do it, the more natural it will be. You're learning a brand new language. It's the language of speaking life. It's a language of love. And let me tell you, it will build more in your life than any other language. And so I think that that's something that if maybe you didn't grow up in a home that was, maybe you grew up in a home where the only language was tearing each other down, poking fun. If somebody was winning, that you had to pull them down and keep them in line. Don't do that. Yeah, you could start a new a new season, like a new chapter, you, you know, it doesn't have to be the way it's always been. No, don't conform to the patterns of this world. Be transformed yeah. by the renewing of your mind. It starts with your inner self, you know, yes. it doesn't start with hanging a, a verse of scripture on the wall, although that is going to make a difference. Yes. It is. But it starts with you seeking after God and loving him. and and. You know, I was thinking about just being thankful yes. and grateful and voicing that. Yes. You know, I whenever I just lift up my hands toward heaven, which I try to do in my home, you know, just lift yes. my hands up and say, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for your blessing. It changes me. Yes. Like if I'm having like a kind of a bad day, which that happens, if I, if I just start praising, verbally praising and thanking God. Yes. For the things I just see around me, you know, mm -hmm. how much we have, how much he's given, how much he's provided yes. for us. And it, it changes me. Yes. It affects my day and it affects the, the And because it changes you, it changes all the relationships in your home, whether you see it or not. Yes. Like I think for us in our home, I have this big sign and it was over my son's crib for two years and it says, start each day with a grateful heart. Yes. And it's a reminder to me, like I prayed for my son for eight years. It doesn't mean that I don't get frustrated with him. Yeah. It doesn't mean that there aren't tough days. So I need my gratitude, not on the other side of the miracle. I need my gratitude in the middle of growing. Yes. Gratitude gives you fuel because gratitude gives you joy and joy gives you strength. So if you feel weak right now, a good place to start is to get grateful. So good. You know, I want to teach my kids that strength of like, what can we be grateful for? Like even in the wait, my mom has written a lot of songs and there's this one song she wrote that I love called Let's Make a Memory While We Wait. Let's make a memory while we wait. Let's not get angry for goodness sake. Let's learn to make the most of a crummy situation. I know. It's time to play appreciation. I'll tell you what I like about you. I'll tell a funny story or two. And then you'll have your golden chance to say what's on your mind. Let's make a memory and have a great time. And I love that song because what she was trying to teach us is 
it may be a stagnant season, but please don't look in your neighbor's yard at their green grass and start wondering what they have. What you have is valuable. And years like 2020 where things seem to not change and you're trying to get past it, but you're just still on that dirt road path. It's still a firm foundation for you to walk on. Just because it looks the same doesn't mean that you aren't walking forward. And I just wanna encourage you, like even in the wait, choose to be grateful. Even in the tough times, choose to be grateful. Can't find anything to be grateful about your spouse, point something out. It will inspire you and it can start a healthy cycle instead of a detrimental one. You know, I feel right now that you're talking to someone or maybe more than one girl out there that they're in a situation where they're living with a spouse or family members that don't know Jesus. Yeah. And the atmosphere is very difficult. Yes. Or maybe they're in a work environment. You know, you know women yes. as well as I do that are in work environments that are toxic and they're, it's very difficult. And in some situations, I think of a girl right now named Sarah that I know and she works with non-believers who are, they're just, not kind, yes. you know, and um, it's very difficult. Yes, I think that's why community is so key. Yeah. I would say to you, don't give up on community. They, they may know? not be in a situation, there might be girls even watching that are not from the United States right yes. now, that they don't have this, the, the church setting. And I think that's why this is so special. Yes. It's like you've gone outside of the church walls and yes. now this is able to reach and empower women. And yes. even though maybe you don't have women physically in your home as a sisterhood, you are a part of a sisterhood. You're part that's of the-, the beauty, yeah. honestly, the You're beauty of, the of this day and age that we live in, yes. that you can um, access things like this that are life-giving to you and connect with women that are faith-filled. Yeah. Social media is amazing if we use it in the right way. It's true. To um, give us You can strength. really connect. Yes, it's wonderful. And a lot of times if you have family that doesn't believe the same things as you, you can feel like you're wasting your time sewing in the local church. You can feel like you're doing the wrong thing because of the different opinions of your coworkers on how much you're serving, on what you're choosing to participate, taking several days to be a part of this conference. That's why community is so important because you know a community centered on Jesus can say, you know what, you're not wasting. This is valuable. You're gonna hear from the voice of God. You're gonna be strengthened. I was talking with a friend this week. She's going through the most difficult time in her life and community has just stepped in where she may not have physical family that believes in Jesus. Her sisterhood has prayed for her, that stood in the gap. And that's really what DFL is about. Like these are uh, women that will pray with you until you see that miracle happen, that will stand with you, that will intercede for you. And I think that that makes all the difference. Yeah, and you need to take advantage. I would really encourage you to take advantage of the sisterhood connection. Um, when you go online, you can go into the chat and and connect with girls right now. If you're if you're like, I feel so alone, That's and great. I I even I just need somebody to pray with today regarding just um, I want change in my home, but I need I need encouragement. You know, we want to be there for you. We are there for yeah. you. And, and so that's so good. Don't just watch, interact. Yes. Like there's a community for you to participate in right from your home, which is so beautiful. Good. 
So good. Well, I really want to pray for the girls that are watching right now yes. and um, pray over their homes yes. and their families. Um, would you do that? Absolutely. We're going to pray for you right where you are. I don't know how long you've lived in your apartment or in your home. I don't know whether the bills are piled up. Maybe you're in foreclosure. Maybe you feel so isolated. Maybe your husband just walked out. Um, maybe there's a lot of fear in your life, but we're going to pray that the peace of God that goes beyond all understanding would fill your heart and would also fill your home. And I love that God actually gives us that promise that it goes beyond our understanding because sometimes we're in seasons that go beyond our understanding. So when the pain soars, know that his peace is able to soar even higher. And the point isn't that you understand his peace. The point is that you have it. So let me pray for you today. Lord, I thank you so much for this sisterhood. God, I pray right now wherever every single woman is sitting, I pray right now that they would sense your peace. God, I pray right now that you would give them a bigger vision for their home, their haven. God, that they would build it with intentionality, like a skilled builder, that they would have a vision, that they would lift their eyes higher. God, they'd understand that you want to meet them right where they are. Maybe they feel like they're in a pit, God, but you pull us out of the pit. You put our feet on a firm foundation. God, I pray for moms that are exasperated today. God, I just pray that you would encourage their soul. Let them not give up. Maybe they'll be a broken record player for 10 years, speaking love and life without seeing a harvest, without seeing a response one time. Let them know that those seeds are going to bring a harvest. God, I pray right now for women that are struggling in their marriage. God, that they want to respond. Lord, I pray that you would give them the strength to sow seeds of love, of forgiveness, of peace, that they would be peacemakers, that they would confront the real issues in their home. God, I pray for people that feel alone that feel so lonely. God, let them know that your angels surround them in their home. Lord, that you're caring for them, that you see them, that every breath, every thought is seen and known by you. Let them just sense all of heaven leaning in right there with them in their living room. We love you, Jesus. We thank you. In your name we pray, amen. Love you girls. You have a great rest of the day. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today on The Pink Mug. Be sure to tune in right here on the second Tuesday of each month for a brand new episode. We would love for you to like and share today's show with your friends and connect with us on social media. Follow Design Sisterhood on Facebook and Instagram to learn more about who we are as a sisterhood and how you can be a part.